All right, brethren, we're blessed to have our sermon for today, brought to us by Steve Andrews, entitled The Apostle Paul on the Apostle Paul. Well, it's good to be back to have Sabbath services today and not have to worry about the weather. I do have a, a handout today. Um, when I heard about David, I have been slipping and sliding around on, out in front of our house, too. And I don't know how many times that, that I was, had to hold on to the fence to keep from falling onto my face. It was really, really miserable, but not anywhere near as bad as the people that are living in Texas that are having their, their uh, uh, electricity turned off and having to live with the kind of temperatures we've had. It's, uh, it's been a very unusual year. Uh, the last time I remember this was a long time ago, <laughs> having it this, this cold for this long a time. Normally, uh, it, it, it doesn't get quite that cold. Um, was interesting. Uh, the Bible study, I've been really enjoying it. And sometimes I don't answer the questions quite, quite like, it's, uh, like it says, but it, uh, you, um, you begin to understand a little bit about Paul and his love uh, for the gospel message for the, uh, and for Jesus Christ and for God the Father and all the things that he has said in that. And so the, the, it was interesting when I was thinking about this because there's so many things that are uh, available in, in Paul's writings for us to learn and understand about. And so as I was thinking about it through the week, I was thinking, well, uh, Paul also is another one of those where you could glean from learning about things that Paul wrote from the things that Paul wrote. <laughs> I, I know that's kind of hard to think about, but that's just, remember the Bible says, line upon line, here a little, there a little, uh, and, and that's how we, we understand the Bible. We put it all together. Well, Paul um, was u very unique in the things in, in his own life. Of course, he was a Pharisee of Pharisees, so he had a, a tremendous background in the Old Testament. And then Jesus calls him. <laughs> he, he calls him and begins to teach him things that were essentially in the Old Testament, but somewhat of a mystery. And, and so when we look at Paul's writings, um, we, we see a depth of understanding that was not readily available um, to, to, even to the, some of the prophets. We see a lot of it in, in the book of Isaiah, but Paul's writings. And then, of course, also, um, no telling how many books have been written, how many uh, commentaries have been written on each one of the, the, the epistles that were written by Paul. I, I have several myself. I have a couple on Romans and um, pastoral epistles and all of the different ones. And so when I was thinking about it, the Apostle Paul on the Apostle Paul. So 
as we go through, we can actually go and, and the same things that we're studying in the book of Ephesians, we can actually glean some things from, from some of his other epistles. The other thing that I was thinking is, is the, the miracle. Imagine the time that we're talking about. And we're writing, and Paul is writing these to these various churches. And the fact that that has come down to this age, to me, is a, is a miracle. That we have this, this, these writings of Paul um, and of Jesus, and of course of the Old Testament also. But there was a lot of opposition to the Christian way of life, especially with the Jews. And, and Paul definitely had a great deal of opposition when he came up and says, there is no difference between the circumcision and the uncircumcision. And he was the one that was going to the Gentiles. And so the fact that this, Paul's writings, Paul's epistles, survived down through the ages is a miracle of the Spirit of God bringing this for us in our day today, in our uh, uh, current environment today. The handout I have, I'm not going to be able to go through all of it today. What I really have, have planned to do is go through the first, first article, and, and then you can use this, um, and maybe the second, if I get a little bit further down, I might go through um, grace a little bit of it. Understanding that some of Paul's writings are a little bit more difficult to understand. <clears throat> Pardon me. Um, but in, if, you, if, you, if you use the words of Jesus, and it was interesting, the word abundantly, <laughs> Jesus says um, that same word, abundantly. I'm going to bring you life and, and, and more abundantly. And so Paul uses that again. He understood the Old Testament, he under, and he understood what Jesus had said. So all of that come, is a combination, and of course, then he brings out so many more. So let's go to Romans. And I, I, <clears throat> I'm going to skip over Ephesians since we've been, we've been really, really deep in Ephesians, so I'm not going to do it. And I tried to, to, to put Ephesians in occasionally, but not, um, not very often, because we are in that book, and we are studying that that particular book. And I did this several years ago because one of the things that, that, is, that is quite abundantly clear is how Paul started out his, his epistles. And they are so powerful in the words that he uses in his, in his, in his SPS, I guess you could call it, his specific purpose statement. Um, he introduces himself, but he also has a, a, a powerful um, message just in a very few words, which, which has always impressed me. And I, I've never, I'm not much on writing, but you can tell that he had that ability to reach out to his audience with a very few words at the beginning and grab a hold of them and make them want to find out more. Paul, and so here's how he starts. Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ. Called to be, and that word uh, to be is in italics. There's, it's used, but he's called an apostle. 
separated to the gospel of, of Christ. And <clears throat> I am going to see if I can find me a little water here. I wasn't that thirsty when I first started. <laughs> Sorry. So, separated to the gospel of God. The good news. The good news. And sorry, he's going to bring the good news. Which he had promised before by his prophets in the Holy Scriptures. So we see Paul tying the Holy Scriptures in, grabbing a hold of these that are going to be reading this epistle, helping them to understand that we're preaching the good news and that the prophets and the Holy, and, and the Holy Scriptures concerning his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord, which was made of the seed of David according to the flesh, and declared <clears throat> to be the Son of God with power according to the Spirit of holiness by the res resurrection of the dead, by whom we have received grace and apostleship for obedience to the faith among all nations for his name. Now Paul goes on, <clears throat> among whom... Um, are you also called of Jesus Christ? And of course you can see that those, those are not the end of the sentence. He's continuing on. Paul has a tendency to do a lot of that. Uh, if, you, if, you, <clears throat> if you noticed, instead of it being a, uh, a, a period there, it's a semicolon. So there's, there's some more. To all that are in Rome, beloved God, called saints... That's what holy ones. We are saints, brethren, holy ones. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. So, so, we, we, <clears throat> so we find out that Paul, to, in this epistle to the Romans, is wanting to grab his, his audience. He's wanting to, to bring them into this and talk about the gospel, talk about <clears throat> the fact that the, this was promised in the scriptures. So, okay, audience, what do you know about the scriptures? What do you understand? Well, do I need to go and find out? Do I need a, a, a something? Or do I need to be taught more about the scriptures? Because that's all they had. They had, they had this epistle. Maybe they had others, but they had this epistle and what? <laughs> they had the, the the holy the Bible, the Old Testament, what we call the Old Testament. So that's what they had. <clears throat> And if these, were, if these were the Jews, they were going to synagogue. And if these were um, the Gentiles, they were learning from those uh, that were being called. Uh, Paul and others that were coming and preaching and teaching. And of course, Paul then is writing this epistle for them to understand. Concerning his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, which was made of the seed of David. And so now he... He reaches back. He wants us to understand that this has been prophesied for a very long time. Well, the seed of David goes all the way back where? Abraham. <laughs> goes all the way back to Abraham. So we know that, that if we are um, Christ, we are also of, the, of Abraham, and we are heirs according to the promise. That's what Paul says that we are a part of that. And so he, he brings that out. And declared to be the Son of God with power according to the spirit of holiness by the resurrection from, uh, from the dead. 
and I have a section on the resurrection, but I probably won't, no way I'm going to get to it, I don't think. But it's interesting that Paul was very, um, very strong on helping to understand the importance of Christ's resurrection. And the, the shedding of his blood, uh, the sacrifice of his life and the shedding of his blood, the, the, the time that was in the tomb and the, and the fact that he was resurrected. He says, if, if there was no resurrection, you're still in your sins, you're going to die, and there's no hope. And we find that in, in, in 1 Corinthians, the 15th chapter, and we understand that. And so, how important, how important was it that this, this word came out? He declared the Son of God with power according to the Spirit of holiness by the resurrection from the dead. That's ex- that's an extremely important uh, statement that, that Paul made there. By whom we have received grace and apostleship for obe- obedience to the faith among all nations for his name. Now, I, in the, under that title of grace, I did go ahead and write out, I think, a good definition. There's other definitions. There's a good, but I think this is a good definition. The, div- the divine influence upon the heart, because that's what God is working. He's working on the interior of us, on our heart, and it's reflection in our life. And that's what we were just talking about, wasn't it? That what can we do? How can we, how can we show that God is working in us? It's the grace that God has given us. It's, it's that, that wonderful spirit that works in us to change our life, to, to show forth to others that we are, we're, we're different than the world. And so, consequently, uh, this grace that whom we have received grace and apostleship for obedience to the faith among all nations for his name. Among whom are you also called of Jesus Christ? To all that be in Rome, beloved of God, called saints. In other words, we're holy ones. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. And for one of the, one of the things that stands out in, in, in Paul's opening statements and his, in his writings, and the, and the thing that really stands out is that there's no um, acknowledgement of the Holy Spirit. The Trinity right there is, is taken out. There is a God the Father and there's the Lord Jesus Christ. And that goes all the way through, and we'll find that out as we get deeper into these. But that is an important, very important statement in Paul's writings to help us to understand that the Holy Spirit is not another person, not another being. It is the power of God. Remember, Christ said, I have to go so that the Comforter can come. Well, what's Christ doing? People are being called being called and they're receiving God's Holy Spirit and Jesus is at that is at that point he's the he's the high priest he's sitting there he is he is helping to make those decisions and helping to bring more and more brethren into the into the kingdom so I think it's it's so profound what Paul how he, he opened that up so you can go ahead and read that let's go on now to first Corinthians Uh, the first chapter. Paul, called 
an apostle of Jesus Christ, through the will of God, and Sophanes, our brother. So Sophanes is added to this uh, introductory epistle. To the church of God, which is at Corinth, to them that are sanctified in Christ Jesus, called saints with all that in every place call upon the name of Jesus Christ our Lord, both theirs and ours. Grace be to you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. So, we are the church of God. <laughs> the, the church of Corinth uh, no longer exists in that particular form. Now, there may be a church of God in, in Corinth today. I don't know. I, I'm not really privy to that. But we are the church of God. So, what words is Paul saying? He's talking to us. He's talking to you and I. He wants us to understand. He wants us to be drawn in to this epistle. Because it's important for us to understand what he has written. He also wants us to understand that he is one that's been sent. Remember, he, he had a very special calling. Not many of us get that kind of calling. We, our calling is <clears throat> usually somewhat subtle. We know that uh, things are changing in our life, and we know that uh, there's all kinds of interesting things happening, and our mind is open to, to certain things, and nobody else understands it. <laughs> you talk to people and say, wow, look what I found out in the scriptures, uh, the seventh-day Sabbath, the holy days, all of this. And they said, oh, I don't know about any of that stuff. A lot of us have run up against that. A lot of us have. Um, and understanding that as one sent, Paul received a lot of opposition, didn't he? he? He received a lot of opposition because of what he was preaching, Jesus Christ, especially against the Jews uh, at that time. And, and through the will of God. And so we're the, we're the church. We're, we're sanctified. We're, in other words, we're, we're set apart. In Christ Jesus. You believe that you're set apart in Christ Jesus? I hope so. I hope you understand that. That's what we're here for. And it's not me. It's not Matt. It's not anyone that preaches up here. It's Jesus Christ. He is the one that has set us apart who is preaching and wanting us to grow in grace and knowledge and all of the other things that we need to be, be doing and, and to understand what our what our place is in the church, in Christ Jesus, called to be saints, with all that in every place call upon the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord, both theirs and ours. So we do. We call, we, we profess Jesus Christ, don't we? We profess Christ. He are, is our Savior. He, he sacrificed his life for us that we might someday live all eternity with him and the Father. And so now he says, grace be to you and peace. Grace and peace. Grace and peace. Beautiful, beautiful words from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's go to, let's go to the next one. I don't want to take too long on each one of these. I'll not even get the first one out of the way. In... in in 2 Corinthians, 
Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God, and Timothy, our brother, to the church of God which is at Corinth, with all the saints which are in Acadia, Arachia. So, in one place it has holy ones, in another place it has believers. We are. We're holy ones. We're also believers. We believe in Jesus Christ. So we're So he says, grace be to you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies, the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our tribulation, that we may be able to comfort them which are in any trouble by the comfort wherewith we ourselves are comforted of God. So, in this second epistle... He's drawing us in on the idea that we are able to comfort one another. And I think this is... Now, I want to read a little bit more, don't, don't you? I, I, Paul has drawn me comforting, helping others to be comforted. Yeah, I, I think that's a good idea. I'd like to be able to understand that a little bit better. And so we would go on and we would read and we would understand in, in, in some depth of what Paul was writing. And there's... A lot more, of course, in Second Corinthians than just that. But it's interesting how he opens these up and how he become, how they they kind of grab your your attention, your thinking. So in in the book of Galatians, Paul, an apostle, not of men, neither by man, but by Jesus Christ and God the Father who raised him from the dead. Now, why did he say this? Why did he make that statement, especially in the book of Galatians? Because it became a very difficult situation for him because he was sent to the Gentiles and he began to understand that the circumcision of the Jews was was not necessary for the Gentiles to receive God's Holy Spirit. This was a big thing. This was a very huge controversy which ended up in Jerusalem and ended up with a lot of controversy for Paul and for all of the apostles that were there. And so so coming to this understanding, he said, this stuff came not from men, it came from God, it came from Jesus Christ. He called me. He knocked me down on the ground. He took my sight away from me. And here I am, I'm preaching to you. This is what I'm bringing to you. Neither, not of men, neither by man, but by Jesus Christ and God the Father who raised him from the dead. So here we see some more of that same thinking, and that's the reason why they, a lot of people go back and they look at the different words, they look at the different ways that the, 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 um, the way that they're, they're, the epistles are written, um, they, they see the different styles that are there. Uh, all of this shows that this was Paul's work. This was his work. Now, he may have dictated it to someone. I don't know about all whether he wrote everything or he dictated it, but the styling and all of the different things that are in there 
Now you go back and you read, you understand why they have put this as Paul's work and not somebody that says I'm Paul. <laughs> this, is, this is the Apostle Paul. He, he makes it very cl clear. Now we have, an, we have a book called Hebrews. It does not have that <clears throat> beginning in it. <clears throat> and so um, there are, there's a lot of uh, conjecture about Hebrews, but there's also a lot of things in Hebrews that very much looks like Paul's writing. So anyway, we don't need to go into that today. And all the brethren which are with me to the churches in Galatia, grace be to you and peace from God the Father and from our Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins, that he might deliver us from this present evil world, according to the will of God and the Father, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. There's also a power in, in, in Paul's words, if, if, if you think about it, how he not only just grabs your attention, but the power that he uses to, to help you to, to, to grasp what God is doing in your own life. How he is working in your life. These words are for us. And this book is, says to the, to, to the churches of Galatia, but there's no churches of Galatia that I know of. There is a church of God in Tulsa, Oklahoma. There's churches of God all over the world. There's others that believe the same as we believe. And so when we read this, we take this personally. This is personal stuff. These are personal things for you and I. And as you go in and you look at the depth of what Paul is writing, take it personally. I've always said that. Take it personally. These are things that God... Uh, want you to understand. Let's let's skip over Ephesians. We've already done that one. Let's go to, to Philippians and let's look at what Paul writes here. Paul and Timothy, <clears throat> the servants of Jesus Christ, to all the saints in Christ Jesus which are at Philippi, with the bishops and deacons. So now we've <laughs> now we've added some other people. The church maybe is growing. I haven't looked at all the history here and I and I have, I'm not going to be able to bring all of that out. So there's, obviously there's some history, there's some growth, because now we have, we have um, added here, we have uh, Timothy added, uh, the servants of Jesus Christ to all the saints. We also have bishops and deacons. So obviously Paul has been out, and, and others have been out ordaining and bringing uh, the churches into um, You know, into in, into understanding uh, of the of the, um, of the truth of the word of God, he says, "Grace be you, to you." He uses this a lot, so this is another indicator that this is one of Paul's writings. These are Paul's writings. Grace be to you, and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God upon every remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine, for all of you making requests with joy for your fellowship in the gospel from the first day until now, being confident of this very thing, that he which has begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Christ Jesus. Do you believe that? Do you have that as part of your very being, that you are a work that is, in, is ongoing, and that one of these days, 
we'll be in that kingdom because God has, has been working with us and bringing us to that very point. All that look to Christ, that look to God, if they want to be in the kingdom, if they want to have Christ in their life, if they want to live the way that God wants them to live, and I'm talking to those that might look later at this message and, and, and be thinking about what Paul says and some of the things that are in Paul's writing and reaching out and Christ is reaching into your life, you can pray and you can ask God to help you to understand the word, to give you the spirit to understand and to come to the, to the knowledge of this way, just as the Tulsa Church of God has come to that knowledge. In Colossians, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God and Timothy, our brother, to the saints, here we are, to the believers, to the, to the holy ones, and faithful brethren in Christ, which are at Colossae, grace be to you, and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. We give thanks to God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, praying always for you. Since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love which you have to all the saints, for you hope which is laid up for you in heaven, whereof you are heard before in the word of the truth of the gospel, which is come to you as it is in all the world and brings forth fruit as it does unto you since the day that you heard of it and knew the grace of God in truth. So, do we also understand that God is working in us and that we are bearing fruit to the, to the best of our understanding, to the best of our knowledge. And we know where that is talked about in Galatians 5.22, the fruit of the Spirit. Those are the things that love, peace, joy, all of those are things that we should be building in our life. Colossians, 1 Thessalonians. Some of these get very short. Others were very long. Um, and, of course, the, the epistle that was written are for all of us. Paul and Silas and Timothy to the church of the Thessalonians, which is in God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Be to you, uh, grace be with you, and peace from God our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. We give thanks to God always for you, all in making mention of you in our prayers, remembering without ceasing your work of faith and labor of love and patience, uh, patience of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ, in the sight of God our Father, knowing, brethren, beloved, your, the election of God. You know, I, I think about all of you, and, I, and my prayers are for, for everyone that's in, this, in the congregation. And not as probably as deeply as Paul's commitment. Um, when Christ called him, he, he said, these are things that you're going to suffer for me. Now, he, he admitted later, didn't he, that he had been, um, he had gone out and murdered and had them killed in, the con in that new congregation, that new church. And had them killed, and but God, Jesus Christ saw in him the ability to go out and to preach this gospel 
And he said, you're going to suffer. You're going to suffer for me. And he was willing to do that. He did. He suffered a lot. He had a lot of stripes. He had, he had to escape death several times. And yet, he was able to, to bring this gospel message to these churches. And this gospel message has come down to you and I, down through the ages. Tremendous blessing that we have to understand this. Second Thessalonians. Paul and Silas and Timothy to the church of the Thessalonians. In God our Father and Lord Jesus Christ. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. We are bound to thank God always for you, brethren, as is meet, because that your faith grows exceedingly in the charity of every one of you, all abound, each abounds, so that we ourselves glory in you in the churches of God for your patience and faith in all your persecutions and tribulations that you endure. We've been been pretty easy, hasn't it, down through our time in, in, the, in the church, uh, at least the last many, many years. That may be changing. We don't know. We may actually have to endure persecutions and tribulations. I know I was reading another article just recently. Um, they are prepared to, to, to publish or put that uh, Equality Act through, and now that we have both the Democratic uh, Congress and a Democrat um, uh, president, it probably will, will pass. And, and it could very well be very difficult for uh, the ministry. It already is in Canada and England and different places. Uh, they, they have a very difficult time. If they really want to stand up and preach the gospel, and preach the word of God, it becomes very difficult. And so I don't know what's, what's ahead. Christ uh, said that we would face those kind of things. But God gives us grace, doesn't he? He, he, he? The divine influence upon the heart and its reflection in the life. Let's, let's take that first, at least the first one. I've got just a few minutes here. And let's just see what Paul has to say. And in this, this particular one is, is a more difficult one to, to understand because a lot of people say, okay, well, you have grace. You don't need to... to to do anything. Salvation from God is free. It, we, you know, we receive that through the, um, through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. But there are other things. And Jesus and the Bible tells us that. So let's, let's pick it up here in Romans, the fifth chapter, and beginning in verse 20 and 21. Moreover, the law entered that the... Actually... Um, I have just about five minutes. Let's, let's, let's go back a little further. Let's make it really uh, quite confusing to some degree. Let's go to verse 8. Um, Brian, I'm sorry. Let's pick it up in verse 8 so that we get a little bit broader understanding of where Paul is, is moving us to in this particular thing uh, and bringing us into this. God commands his love towards us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. M much more than being now justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. Not by ourselves. And you can understand that. Christ is doing this for us. Christ did that for us. Christ died for us. 
Christ is working for us. Christ is our advocate when we sin. All of these things Christ is doing for you and I. For if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more being reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. And so that's the reason why we keep the Passover. We remember that every year Christ died for us. But we also understand the, the resurrection and the importance of Christ at the right hand of the Father. And now also, but we, uh, and not only so, but we also joy in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom we have uh, now received the atonement, the reconciliation. Wherefore, as by one man sin, or, sin entered into the world, and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men for, that all have sinned. For until the law, sin was, uh, was in the world, but, uh, but sin w is not imputed when there is no law. Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over them that had not sinned after the similitude of Adam's transgression, who is the figure of him that was to come. Now, you know, you, you can go back and you can look at um, Adam and Christ and different things that, uh, that was uh, part of that. And you can see that in Paul's writings. But not as the offense, so also the free gift. For if through the offense of one many be dead, much more the grace of God and the gift by grace, which is by one man, Jesus Christ, has abounded to many. How many are going to be saved? How many are, have been saved? How many are being saved? How many will be saved? Because of the sacrifice of Jesus Christ and his life at the right hand of the Father. We have no idea. Millions, billions, trillions, we don't know. We have no idea how far all of this is going to go. What the, the magnitude of what God is doing, the magnitude of this blessing that he is pouring out on the flesh <laughs> that's going to die like grass, like the grass of the field. And yet, he talks about eternal life, the resurrection, the kingdom of God, and all of those things in, in God's word. And not as it was by one that sinned, so is the gift. For the judgment was by one to condem, uh, condemnation, but the free gift is of many offenses to justification. For if by one man offense death reigned, by one, much more they which receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one, Jesus Christ. Therefore, as by the offense of one judgment came upon all men the condemnation, even so by the righteousness of one, that the free gift came upon all men to the justification of life. The righteousness of one, Jesus Christ. For as by one man's disobedience many were made sinners, so by the obedience of one shall many be made righteous. Moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound, but where, but where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. The divine influence, the divine influence upon the heart and its reflection in the life. What God is doing 
in our life, we reflect it back. What he, we should be reflecting it back. We should be living it back. That as sin has reigned to death, even so might grace reign through righteousness to eternal life by Jesus Christ. Righteousness. That's the commandment, you know, the keeping of God's law, keeping of the righteousness. So, now, <laughs> he's come up to this point. So what does he have to ask? He says, what shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? What it sounded like, didn't it? Oh, you can just do anything because grace is going to take care of it. The sacrifice of Jesus Christ is going to take care of it. You can sin all you want because grace is going to take care of it. This, God, is, God is so merciful. Oh, this grace is just going to take all, all of the sin. And so Paul says, yeah. Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Let it not be so. God forbid. How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? Know you not that as so many of us that were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death. Therefore we are buried with him by baptism into death that, that from the like uh, from the death by the glory of the Father even so we shall also walk in newness of life. For if we have been planted together in the likeness of his death we shall also in the likeness of his uh, be we shall also in the likeness of his resurrection knowing this that our old man is crucified with him that the body of sin might be destroyed that hereafter we should not serve sin boy paul had some deep and profound words and i'm going to leave that with you and there's a lot more to it and this is only a very very small part of the Apostle Paul on the Apostle Paul. <laughs>